0: Welcome to The Math of You, a podcast about formative media from when we were young. I'm Lucas Brown. On this, our 26th episode, I'll be talking to frequent podcast guest and professional hater Aiden Sullivan about the Minnesota ska scene. Along the way, we discuss how to break a seven-word alliteration c- c- combo how emo kids and ska kids were the mods and rockers of the early 2000s and how the video for Fallout Boy's A Little Less Sixteen Candles, A Little More Touch Me, was both the Citizen Kane and the bad blood of its time. We'll finish the show with our signature cocktail, and let you know how you can become a guest on The Math of You. We join this conversation already in progress. I know it's hypocritical to point figures and the people who point fingers, but we well, all march to the beat of the same different drummer, yeah, he had steps step start to come off like clockwork. So Amy, So for those who may not know you, why don't you tell me who you are and what makes you, in the words of Chris Haley, a beautiful and unique snowflake.
1: <laughs> well, I'm Aiden Sullivan. If you know me, you know me because I've guested on a bunch of podcasts, like We're Rocket Ajax and Hard Times. I'm a frequent podcast guest. I don't have a podcast myself. I'm not a writer. I'm just a hangers on Is
0: you're a compatriot? Yes. Or an accomplice?
1: Exactly. If you follow me on Twitter, which you probably don't, I'm a I'm a hater. I'm going through a quarter-life crisis. I bake a lot. That's me that's me online. Offline the aforementioned quarter life crisis is kind of all-consuming but I also volunteer with the Durham Crisis Response Center, which is a organization that helps domestic and sexual violence victims. So I'm a court advocate which means I go to the courthouse I help fill up paperwork. I hang out with kids while their moms go testify. I'm a general assistant. And that's really cool. If you want to know more about that, you can go to dermcrisisresponse.org
0: or just Google it. That's what I would do. We'll put a link in the show notes because it's, it's a very good cause. Cool. So Aiden, let's start at the beginning. Whereabouts did you grow up?
1: I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I am fourth generation. My great grandpa's farm is now St. Anthony Village and northeast Minneapolis there. So I am I am Minneapolis royalty. <laughs> I get really mad at posers. <laughs> you know, people people from Chan or people from Edina who move into the scary big city and pretend they know what's going on. I have I have opinions on them.
0: <laughs> These people stepping into your yard. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't even try. <laughs> so here's the thing. I realized as you were saying that, I'm like, what do I know about Minnesota? I know it's cold. Mm-hmm. I know that the Minnesota North Stars used to be there before they became the Dallas Stars. Yes. Mighty Ducks was set thereabouts in around, and It was
1: actually filmed there, too. Oh, was it? Okay, cool. My favorite Ukrainian deli makes an appearance.
0: <laughs> Excellent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I know about Minnesota Nice which is a thing Mm
1: -hmm. which is so like okay so two years ago i moved to the american south which is my new adopted home there was a lot of culture shock for me but i I recently went back to minnesota i went to minnesota about like after a year living in in the south people in minnesota are fucking rude as shit
0: oh wow like
1: they are the rudest goddamn people like no one holds doors no (laughs) one says how are you like I was at a pizza place and some woman next to me got up and her bag swung around and hit me in the head and she didn't even acknowledge me. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like Minnesota, like Minnesotans are the worst. Like they're so rude. I am like I can't. I can't. Like I, I don't think I could ever go back and live there, having lived in the South. People are actually nice here, as opposed to in Minneapolis.
0: <laughs> See, it was funny because um, in at the end of last year. I went on a sort of a whirlwind tour of the states. We went to St. Louis, we went to Chicago, we went to Boston, and then to New York. And as someone who's worked in Australian customer service for more than 10 years, I was, first off, blown over by how nice everyone in customer service is, and that's great. However, the ones that stick out, the ones that are not nice, the ones who are occasionally disdainful or surly or whatever, stick out like a sore thumb. Like, I'm looking around and I'm just like, Oh wow! Like that's like that feels bad being served <laughs> by someone who doesn't want to serve you, and of course you know I, I have no illusions. I'm sure the nice people probably didn't want to be there either. But and then of course I got to New York, and I'm like, oh right, maybe those other aberrations were like the norm here. Everyone's mm-hmm. mean in New York. <laughs> but no, everybody in Chicago was real nice. Like it was like everyone. Like, I swear, every person who ran a store like ran a market stall or worked at a restaurant in Chicago was like the star of their own sitcom that I've never seen.
1: Yeah, Chicago rules.
0: Yeah, like, I had a really good time there.
1: Yeah, I always thought if I left Minneapolis, I would end up in Chicago. Apparently, I was going to end up in North Carolina. But Chicago's like, Chicago's where all the cool people from Minneapolis end up. <laughs> I know a ton of people in Chicago.
0: When I was there, initially, I, I had arranged to have coffee with Molly Jane Kramer 'Cause it's like I was like, Oh, I'm at this this pie shop and, you know, you can come over and, and have coffee. And she ended up taking Kimiko and I on this tour of Logan Square and being like, that's where the best tacos are. That's a secret bar. That's a slightly less known secret bar, so it's probably cooler. Don't go to that place. Go to this place. Here's a gallery where you can buy an enamel pin of a tamale in a cooler because there are guys in Chicago that go around bars with coolers selling fresh tamales. (laughs) And I'm just like listening and just like taking all this in. And we ended up at a pinball bar in Logan Square where I got to play the Lost World Jurassic Park, which I hadn't played since I was 15. And, like, the Spider-Man beat him up. And oh God, it's funny, I was just saying this to my friend Alex last night when we hung out. I had what was maybe, the like, the most mid-90s Canadian kid of divorced parents story ever, which he's like, did you ever play the Punisher and Nick Fury beat him up? And I'm like, yes. I played it at a Montreal Greyhound bus station. I played as Nick Fury, and I had to abandon my game because my Greyhound bus was leaving because I was going to visit my dad because it was his weekend, and I was traveling on my own at age <laughs> 11. And he's like, Jesus! <laughs>
1: That is very specific. (laughs) Uh,
0: But yes, Chicago's great.
1: Minneapolis, you would be lucky if someone made eye contact with you. Uh. Which is something, which again. All of these things I am saying about Minneapolis are things 100% about me. Like I am I'm a hater and I am like I don't like talking to strangers and I don't like, you know, like I worked in customer service and I hated every single person who walked through the door regardless of who they were. <laughs> oh, I'm very direct, which is how I say it and a huge bitch is how other people might say it, but I couldn't like I I feel like I've been tempered living in the South a little bit, being surrounded by people who are, like, friendly and jovial. (laughs) Like, you know, it's kind of opened me up a little bit, but, like, I can't stand it now, like, being removed from it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. At a certain point, you know, that sort of unwavering niceness will blunt your edge totally. There was a situation where I was up in the Blue Mountains, which is sort of a, a satellite community to Sydney, and I was walking down the road, and I was trying to, like, work out, okay, there's a little tunnel under the underpass. Is there, like, a sidewalk there? Can I walk through, or will I get hit by a car? Like, just trying to gauge it. And it was a short little tunnel, only about, you know, like, like 10 feet or something. But it's like, uh, should I go around, or can I just, like, duck through and hope no one hits me? And this guy pulls up, and he rolls down his window, and he goes, oh, hey, man, are you lost. Uh, do you need some directions? And I had to bite back my initial response, which was going to be, I don't need your help, dog fucker. I'm from the city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just went. No, thanks. It's
1: okay. <laughs> yeah. but you were lost. Like you absolutely did need directions. I, like but, that person yeah. was. Well, you should <laughs> exactly. have taken the help. But I'm like totally the same way. Like if you know, if I am in desperate need of help, and so like some rando is like, "Hey, can I can I help you out?" I'm like, "No, I am a strong, independent person. Like you cannot. <laughs> how dare you? In fact, how dare you?" <laughs>
0: Do not attempt to. Ha- to <laughs> Did you just attempt to control my path with your opinions? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite though was when Kimiko and I were in Japan, and Kimiko speaks fluent Japanese, and I do not. There were situations where her she can speak fluent Japanese, but her reading of it is a bit rusty because she hasn't practiced it as much as she used to. And so we'd sometimes have trouble with signs and with like, okay, we need to see like where the whether it's up on the fifth floor or the sixth floor in this like nest of billboards, which one is the cat cafe we want to go to. And there are lots of people around that are handing out flyers and like trying to get you to come to restaurants and stuff. And she asked one of them for directions. Like, hey, we know there's a cat cafe in here, but we don't know which door it is. I think it's on the sixth floor. He didn't just say, oh hey, hey, yeah, you can go down there and it'll be the the third one on the right. He stopped what he was doing at his job, walked us down the block, around the corner, pointed out the sign, and walked us to the door and said, this is where you want to go. And was like, wanted to like help us further. We're like, no, it's fine. You can go back to doing your job. Please don't get fired on our account. You incredibly nice man.
1: (laughs) That's too much. I would feel weird about that.
0: (laughs) So in this Minneapolis hellscape in which you
1: were Mm -hmm. based... (laughs)
0: What sort of kid were you?
1: I was a loser. Aww. I was pretty terrible, actually. I didn't have I didn't have a ton of friends, but I didn't have a ton of friends because I was an insufferable know it all, and I had the rumblings of a mood disorder, which would blossom later in my life. I read a ton. I was really into fantasy, mostly books with dragons and wizards and the occasional sci-fi i was really good at school i was a teacher's kid so i was you know i knew all of my teachers by their first names <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> and I was always like coming in before school and staying after school and spending a lot of time online and making a ton of friends online because I couldn't make friends in real life. Oh, um I spent a ton of time on the Harry Potter boards as a as a child, pre-high school. Okay. The wild world of the Harry Potter forums. <laughs> <laughs> in high school, I kind of discovered music. And I especially discovered pop punk music oh, and yes. emo music and ska punk. And like actually, you know, like the classic stuff that was happening and, you know, actually cool stuff. Bands like the Soviets and bands like, you know, like Bikini Kill and like, you know, cool feminist punk bands, too. But I was really, really into pop punk as a kid.
0: So where where did the progression start? Because I know that I went from listening to the music my parents listened to, to listening to actual music that I like. Because my friend Andrew, who was a year and a half older than me, I'd go to his house and he would suddenly have like Offspring CDs and Nirvana CDs and stuff like that. And he would play them and I'm like, what is this? I have never heard this. And he would basically do the equivalent of holding it under my nose and going, this is cool. It's cool. You'll like this. (laughs) That was like the beginning. Then I bought Green Day's Dookie and downloaded... An MP, my first ever MP3 by the Ataris, which was San Dimas High School Football Rules, which I downloaded for the title alone and was really mad that it wasn't in the song. <laughs> because that's a Bill and Ted quote. And so that was my, that began my slide. Where did it start for you?
1: Uh, I really liked Linkin Park when I was 12 years old. I was like, re- like I can't stress enough how terrible I was as a child. <laughs> I have a lot of love for myself as you know, for my past selves, but I kind of, like, I kind of want to, like, hug past me's and also, like, dangle past me's over a cliff, (laughs) right? Like, they're all, you know, they're all terrible. So I was really into Lincoln Park, and I was really into, like, 93X, which was the hard rock station in Minneapolis in the aughts. (laughs) so I that's like for real that's how I get like that's how I got all of my music because I wasn't super plugged into you know I was a child so I wasn't plugged into like online music communities and I wasn't plugged into like you know Napster was before my time so I just didn't that was not where I was
0: yeah it's like I think people forget how influential a radio station can be right because especially if if you identify really strongly and that's your radio station because like, I had my station when I was in university in Ottawa. And then when I came to Australia, I used to just regularly visit their site, read their top tens, and then go on to like Kazaa or LimeWire or something and just download a bunch of songs. Yep. Just because they, they had like of bands I'd never heard of. I'm just like, well, it's on the chart. Totally. So it's, yeah, what I should be looking for.
1: That's where I first heard Green Day for the first time. Oh, and yeah. I feel like Green Day was my intro into pop punk. Blink-182 is still to this day one of my favorite bands
0: they're still kicking
1: they're so quintessentially teenage and they're still quintessentially teenage which is kind of fucked up because they're all like a million years old at this (laughs) point like they were old when i was a teenager Mm -hmm. i distinctly remember asking for like green days international super hits for my birthday one year and i got it and then i was listening to it in the car with my mom (laughs) yeah I you know because that's where you like where do you listen when you're 13 what do you what do you you know where do you listen to things it was like in the car you know hanging with my mom because I won't get my driver's license until I'm 21
0: (laughs) yeah I had the same thing where it's like we had a rule on road trips with my mom where it was like each of us got to pick a tape like mom would play something and then Chantal would get to play something and I would get to play something and my mom would put on like Tori Amos or Lorena McKinnett, and my sister would put on TLC, and I would put on Green Day. <laughs> and it's just like, it's, talk about three stylistic clashes there. It's like some rapid gear shifting to get from one to the other. Mm-hmm. And actually, come to think of it, it was probably unfair because that Green Day album was probably a lot shorter with those little two-minute songs.
1: My brother is three years younger than me. So mm-hmm. when I was, what, 13? He was 10. Like, I remember I was getting like green day and lincoln park albums at 12 or 13 and my brother at the same time was getting modest mouse good news for people who like bad news and a franz (laughs) Ferdinand album and that's so cool that's (laughs) that's so much cooler than what i was doing and to this day like you know he's like 23 he has a mustache (laughs) he's like an artist he's so cool
0: got his finger on the pulse (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah like he's always been so much cooler than i am like i've always been this like terrible burnout <laughs> he's like he's like no it's all right no it's okay i got it don't worry <laughs> fucking good news people of bad news i think i stole that cd from him later <laughs> terrible older sister <laughs> so in high school i don't remember how i fill in with these people they like there was this group of like just shitty burnout kids at my first high school i distinctly remember we would all hang out at lunchtime not in the lunch room but in the hallway near the band room and like by these like huge windows like up on like at the top of the staircase like we would all hang out there and we'd all hang out there and like listen to music and it was there that i got really plugged into the minnesota ska scene circa 2006 2008 <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is a sentence I think that paints a picture, right? It's like if you if you saw something that was like in in an index at the back of a book and it says Minnesota sky scene two thousand six two thousand eight see page 104, you you'd flip the page,
1: right? Yeah, it's it very specific. No, there was this bar, well, it was more like a restaurant on the West Bank of the University of Minnesota. And the West Bank is also Cedar Riverside. It has a huge Somali population because the Lutherans, they go into war zones, they find refugees and they bring them back to Minnesota. So that's why there's a huge Somali population. That's why there's a huge Hmong population. And actually that voting block just elected the first ever Somali-American legislator wow. to the Minnesota House. There you go. Yeah, she's very cool. <laughs> so in that neighborhood, there was a restaurant... Called the Red Sea, and they would put on ska shows. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, like how they got plugged in with each other, but they did. And so we would go to this, it was, you know, and we would get like hummus, and <laughs> all of us were underage. I think that's why, because like they didn't require, because it was a bar, mm-hmm. but they didn't require like a drink minimum. And the ska scene was uh, very inclusive. <laughs> But it was, you know, we would go, like, every week and just go to this bar on the university campus and see ska shows. And it was very, like, I saw... Do you ever listen to Streetlight Manifesto?
0: I've heard some of their stuff, yes.
1: I've seen them live, like, eight times. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Because they would always come. It was, like, in, like, 2000... Like, there was, like, two years when I was in high school, all ages shows that would come through were, like, Streetlight Manifesto and Flogging Molly.
0: Oh, so... that brings me back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, there in St. Paul, there is Irish Fest. Oh, boy. Which Flogging Molly has headlined a lot. Like, a lot, a lot.
0: All 49 uh, of them. Yeah. <laughs> so many musicians. Oh, <laughs>
1: I so, like, I haven't listened to a Floggy Molly song in forever. They're really bad. They're not great.
0: No, they, or they, they had a formula and they just drove that formula into the ground. They did. Like, hey, I can remember playing Tony Hawk and hearing Drunken Lullabies come on. Mm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this sounds like a Dropkick Murphy song, only there's actual instruments being played. And, <laughs> and, and wow, different chords, go figure. And then I remember looking them mm. up and yeah, being real into them for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and, and then getting an album and listening to it and going, oh, this isn't really... Oh yeah, I guess not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Foggy Molly has a song about how the Irish were slaves, like the Irish slave trade. Uh huh. <laughs> they like they, yeah, like they definitely. It's called Tobacco Island. Oh, and it's I've heard that one. Definitely, look, it has a great beat. It has a great, great melody. <laughs> My um, iTunes has been the same iTunes since. 2005 okay like i've had the same library file so i still have a ton of like you've listened to this song 200 times like i haven't listened (laughs) to it ever so i recently like like the last time i i I listened to it which i mean it it has to have been years ago but the last time i listened to it i really listened to the lyrics and i was like huh okay (laughs) this is definitely about how the irish were brought to the Caribbean. And enslaved. That's not quite historically accurate. (laughs) And I don't, like, I had to, like, I had to put, I just had to put flocking Wally away.
0: (laughs) 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 You know? Thank you for your time. We'll be in touch. Yeah. Close the door.
1: It's hard to come back from that. Once when, when someone buy, buys into the Irish slave trade myth, it's hard to be It's hard to it, be like, oh, but they have other good, they have other non-racist views. They have other views that don't, you know, marginalize people. It's like, oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, it gets, it gets to that point a bit. There's a, a Sydney band called the Rum Jacks who are sort of, again, that kind of, Irish folk punk kind of sound, and they would—they had a bunch of good songs, and then something terrible happened, where it turned out that oh, by the way, it was revealed that oh, the lead singer, you know, beats his girlfriend and has been to jail multiple times for this, and is just an alcoholic mess. And I just went, oh, yeah. oh, see, but that song's still really catchy. No, no, Mm-mm. no. <laughs> well, at least I, at least I pirated it. I didn't give him any money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look yes that, that is that's basically you know that is very odds isn't it that's very like early 2000s like it's fine whatever i just like found them on limemire mm-hmm. i thought you know it had like the wrong it had everything wrong at oh it. yes do you remember like do you remember like going through and trying to find an entire album but like by individual tracks
0: oh yes and finding out that hidden green day song the middle Mm-hmm. world or or you know having just like random wrong things or my favorite was that I, and i swear they did this on purpose where you get things that would be like oh it's this song and you'd get it and then halfway through there would be this like horrible noise like you'd get like the first 30 seconds and it would go blee, 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 and like blast yeah. your headphones off and i'm like oh <laughs> did a radio station release this to try and make you go oh that's a good song oh I am punished. I am slain, sir. (laughs) I must go and find this legally.
1: My favorite gorilla song is Sunshine in a Bag. (laughs) (laughs) I have really important news. I just found out that Minnesota ska follows me on Twitter. (laughs) Didn't know that. Did not know that at all. That they are still around and still putting on shows, including Rocksteady Breakfast, who (laughs) have definitely been around for 10 years. (laughs) <laughs> Fucking Rocksteady Breakfast! Holy shit!
0: <laughs> blast from Holy the past. shit,
1: guys! <laughs> guys, there's new shirts for Rocksteady Breakfast. There's still- God, <sighs> I'm freaking out right now, guys. Just so you know, the Drop Steppers are looking for a new keyboardist because Brian Patterson has moved out of state. So if you know anyone interested in playing bubble organ, please hit up the Drop Steppers on Facebook. <laughs> I can't promote the show on my Twitter now. I'm sorry, my man, but apparently Ms. Scott follows me, and I can't, like, I can't be like, hey. Holy shit. I'm, like, looking at a picture of Rock City Breakfast. None of these dudes have aged well. At all.
0: (laughs) I thought you were going to say a day, and I'm like, oh, they have that Infinity Formula thing, but it's like, no.
1: they've They've aged a bunch. There's, like, a lot of aging. They're all wearing fedoras? Oh, no. It's 2017! <laughs> what the
0: frick? I, I stand by know? it. It's, it's especially when it comes to musicians of a certain type. It ain't the years. It's the mileage.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. This is nuts. Okay. I, oh, my God. I can't believe they follow me on Twitter. This is why I don't like any, I don't want anyone to follow me on Twitter.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. They are. Yeah, that's a. Oh, yeah. That's a look.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a look. That's a look that was dated in like ten years ago. <laughs>
0: uh, the, the mighty mighty Boston's called, and they want their look back.
1: Oh my god, I can't believe this. Cause I, I was just looking, cause I was trying to remember the name. Of-
0: oh, and of course, I just realized in this photo they have a Bernie twenty sixteen bumper sticker on their <laughs> on their monitor. Oh my god. <laughs> Of course they do. That's the trifecta of um, shitty dudes. Black shirts dude. with red ties, fedoras, it, it, shiny blue sunglasses, and Bernie 2016.
1: <laughs> I wish, okay, look. That's get not to get too political, but I wish that I knew any guy who was into Bernie still. Still. Mhm. I'm getting married to a guy who voted for Bernie Sanders. It's fine. Who did not sexually harass a woman five years ago. Wow. I wish, I wish, I'm just saying, based on this picture, there are three. That's all. Wow. That's all I'm saying.
0: Jesus. I know.
1: It's bad. Isn't it bad? I wish I didn't know. Like, I wish I was like, oh, yes, of course. The left. They're all fine. It's not. It's really not. Anyway, I was looking for. I swear to God, I was just looking for if I can remember the name of this band. Oh shit! Umbrella Bed. That was the name of the band.
0: You have my attention.
1: They are still playing shows. They're playing at the Nomad. I. <laughs> Christ. And Save Ferris is still. Do, do you remember Save Ferris? Oh, yo, do you remember yeah, that?
0: Yeah. Of course, I remember Save
1: Ferris. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they're still touring. That and the Voodoo Glow Skulls. Yeah,
0: they, they came to Australia for one of the Black Cherry Halloween parties. The, I, I was shooting it because I was there, like, there with my camera. And yeah, it was like, holy fuck, they'll the Voodoo Glow Skulls? That's, wow. I remember someone loading me that CD and that CD not being good. <laughs> and it was like, because it was just like badly recorded.
1: Yeah, you know who was just in Raleigh? Who? Real Big Fish with Anti-Flag.
0: Oh, wow. I think I would just be sad if I went to that show.
1: Real Big Fish put on like w- genuinely one of the best shows I've ever gone to.
0: Cuz there's so much they're they're really fun, although I only have one real big, big fish joke. Would you like to hear my real big fish joke? Obviously. What's the difference between Real Big Fish and a rhino? I don't know what? A rhino has the horns in the front and the asshole in the back.
1: <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs>
0: But no, uh, yeah, Real Big Fish was another one where I would just like hit hit up LimeWire or Kazaa and get as many tracks as I could. And all of them were misnamed for like the first line and like trying to put together and they would be like wildly different compression levels. So if you burn them to a Mm -hmm. CD, one would be super quiet and you would turn it up and the next one would blow your eardrums out.
1: What was your favorite Real Big Fish song?
0: I got into them because of their appearance in basketball. So beer was on my list for quite a while. It was really? A...
1: That's my answer, too. Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: it's,
1: which is bad, which is bad, because I was, like, 16, and I wouldn't start drinking for, like, three years yet. And for some reason, beer just, like, super it resonated with me as a child. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that, and I didn't realize, but I had a Real Big Fish song from a long time ago, again, mislabeled with a different band's name, on, like, a CD of, like, punk covers, which were all the thing. In 1999, <laughs> and like just a random burn CD that was just like, oh, here's a bunch of punk bands covering some songs that you know, lots of lots of I me mean, first in the gimme gimme's, and like again, a little bit of say Ferris in there, and Real Big Fish is hungry like the wolf, <laughs> which is cool, so, so silly and so dumb.
1: <laughs> Real Big Fish's take on me was really, um, oh, yes, yeah, 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 that was really popular in my house, my brother was like could just like hit that high note it was really Ooh, good nice apparently apparently he still sings the original apparently he is that is his go-to karaoke
0: song now oh wow It's a, like, a tough karaoke song because it's not just the note it's the sustain on that note
1: it is and it, you know
0: because Mort- Morton Harkett the singer from Aha, uh-huh, and see you see kids I'm gonna get like real close I'm gonna steal a move out of Chris Simmons's <laughs> playbook and get real close on the mic here uh my ex was the biggest aha fan, the biggest <laughs> she had all eleven of their albums they have a they released an album like two years ago. They sound like coldplay now it's weird so but here's the thing is that I played the real big fish take on me mm-hmm. and she got really upset because it's like, hey, it's that song you like no, it's not it's not right. they're not doing it right <laughs> and and yes, so I know more than I should about Morton Harkett, lead singer of aha. Of course he he was also a dude that in an in an interview when he was asked what music he listens to, he said basically that he only listens to his own music and I'm like, oh, oh. you're a dick. you're such a dick <laughs>
1: I had to you know that Garden State moment Renelli Portman puts her headphones on Zach Braff and is like, doesnt know this will change your life
0: and it's the shins. you remember that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I actually had two moments like that in high school, probably because that came out right before I was in high school and like people thought it was a cool go-to move. Mm-hmm. The first was freshman year when my then-boyfriend, Mark, who is a lovely guy, we are still totally in touch, he put his headphones on my head. And maybe listen to July July by the Decemberists. Oh, okay, which is a pretty good song, pretty mm-hmm. solid. The second one was when this guy named Aaron made me listen to Streetlight Manifestos. Everything went numb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, you said you said Aaron, and all I can picture is Aaron, the creepy dude from Parks and Rec. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh yeah. Except not like he was like this short redhead who was like <laughs> it was fine. He's fine. Whatever. I'm not in touch with. I guess besides mark i'm not in touch with anyone from high school at all so i have no idea where aaron is he could still be playing the trumpet in a ska band <laughs> that's how he is in my mind forever but i remember listening to this and like be like yeah this is exactly what i want right now <laughs> and him singing the lyrics along to what was playing in my like he couldn't hear the music <laughs> but he just like had listened to this song one million times it was just so it was just like super lame but you know that's fine but there was this band that so there was actually um a really genuinely cool thing about the minnesota Scouts was its commitment to all ages shows
0: yeah nice
1: Everything was being a shitty burnout. We could go to this place called the Twin Cities Underground, which was an all ages 19 and under club. And they did like lock-ins and they had like your shitty band could play there without having to worry about like seven people buying tickets. It also like wasn't churchy, which was sometimes the problem with places like the garage in Burnsville, which is also in Burnsville. If you're 15, 16, and you don't have a car, that's impossible to get to. Way out in the boonies. Or, you know, the Red Sea, or the Triple Rock, which is to this day my favorite venue. I've seen Art Brute there, I've seen the Soviets there, I've seen Streetlight Manifesto there. Like, quintessential shitty tiny punk club. No effects to the song called Seeing Double at the Triple Rock.
0: It's (laughs) not my favorite venue. I was just realizing, I'm thinking like, where do I know the name of the Triple Rock? Where do I, it's it's from the Blues Brothers.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. It's actually the Triple Rock is named after James Brown's church.
0: Yeah, the Triple Rock Baptist Church. Because I'm sitting there going like, Mm -hmm. wait, was that one of the ones, the band, one of the venues they said? Like, no, 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 that was the TikTok and the Crystal and all those places. Mm
1: -hmm. There's this one band who I loved. It was called Moving to Pluto. It was these three dudes from fucking maple grove minnesota and maple grove is a suburb of a suburb it's the third level yeah it's like it, there's nothing there but <laughs> they put out they put out an album called the emo ep oh that's the other thing like there was like a a lot of studio time available okay for these shitty teen bands i knew some people who were in a band called small kitchen appliances <laughs> Get it? Get it, (laughs) S-K-A. And they put out, like, four albums. And Moving to Pluto put out a bunch. There were all these, like, album release parties that were putting out. I don't know where they were. I don't play an instrument, and I can't sing for shit. So I was never in a band. I was always just a fan. But they put out, uh, called the Emo EP, which, thank God, I came of age in the 2000s, because you can absolutely still find this. On Bandcamp, which is amazing. I absolutely still have it. Like, I mean, I obviously have it like on my computer, but you know, when I could be like, "Oh my god, please listen to this." But my like genuinely one of my favorite songs ever is called "Emos Hey." It's just about how terrible emo kids were, (laughs) (laughs) because there was there was a huge ska kid, rude kid rivalry happening in the Minnesota high schools. In in Minneapolis high schools, in the in the arts, as my friend group's sole emo kid, <laughs> there was a lot. of
0: <laughs> It's the the mods and rockers of the mid two thousands.
1: Well, it was so bad. Like, I was such a... Sh- like, I was such an emo kid. I was I had, like, the swoopy hair and, like, I wore striped long sleeve t-shirts underneath band t-shirts I wore skinny jeans and bands and I was genuinely sad. But <laughs> I remember feeling introspective enough, self-conscious enough, self... I don't know, uh, self-aware enough to realized that all of this was really stupid and (laughs) that it it super matter and so i really liked i really so i i I remember being able people like it's just really cool that you can laugh at yourself like this
0: (laughs) you're like thanks thanks my my deep-seated insecurities i'm glad you approve of them. (laughs) (laughs) right really makes getting out of bed worth it today
1: but this song absolutely had, like, every terrible, like, emo kid, like, obviously, like, <laughs> I played this song for Sims, real quick name dropping, Chris Sims, my fiance. I played this, <laughs> I played that song for him once, because I was like, this is, it was stuck in my head, it gets stuck in my head all the time. And I played this for him, and there's there's a, a few digs at blogging.
0: Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> and this the blogging never, ever stops, you spill your guts, your emo thoughts
0: shots fired at the blogspot community
1: right and this is like when did this when did this come out and i was like oh 2006 and he goes aiden i was blogging in 2006 <laughs> and i was like well you were part of the problem weren't you emo kid
0: yeah well then you should take this as the sick burn that it was chris god
1: Oh, and then obviously you know Chris actually has a career <laughs> about you know where he writes every day I don't know where the moving to Pluto guys were I unfriended what like the singer on Facebook only just a couple of years ago because I, I posted something about Galentine's on Facebook
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and he and he literally I thought he was joking he literally went where's Manlentine's day oh jeez. <laughs> It's not, I mean, if you want to like have your own holiday celebrating platonic male friendships and male intimacy, that's totally okay. But like this particular thing is about female friendships, which is like really nice. That's really nice of me. I'm usually (laughs) way meaner than that.
0: I was going to say surprising delicacy on your part shows the strength of your memories of this band. (laughs) I know, right? For the fact that he was not, you know, immediately bursting into flames.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he like just kept going, so I had to unfriend him. It was like a, it was like the end. It was the end of that for me.
0: <laughs> it's like that you're sitting there. It's like, don't do this. Don't go where I can't follow.
1: <laughs> I think that like the last time I heard he was like like a game video game tester. I think, which
0: is kind of sad. I was about to say, which is one of those careers where everyone goes, "Oh, that would be fun." No, it's not. It's terrible. It's no, terrible. It sucks fall. all day. <laughs>
1: The, the emo EP also has one of my favorite love songs ever called Pokemon Summers. Oh. You know, you remind me of Pokemon Summers where nothing else mattered but hanging out. Aww. And, you know, Christmas Day dinners. And... It's really sweet. It's like one of my favorite. It makes me happy. If you look it up on Bandcamp, the summary is the emo EP was created during our high school years when emo kids were taking over. Although the em- album only really contains three tracks that directly insult emo kids, it was all meant in good fun. <laughs>
0: well that makes it okay then
1: yeah it's like okay <laughs> that's fine oh well. so i was like the it was the emo kid so the band that i totally the band that i'm still kind of obsessed with to this day the band that i'm unironically mm-hmm. into is Fall Out boy oh, yes from under the cork tree is it's really good i don't know if you know it's like really good there is a song Mm -hmm. on that album it's called a little less 16 candles a little more touch me
0: that was the one fallout boy song that i first one i ever listened to
1: (laughs) the music video is like eight minutes long and it is vampire au self-insert fan (laughs) fiction
0: oh that's wonderful
1: yep the band members are they're vampire hunters except for pete wentz who was recently turned they also cast all of their friends like Travis McCoy from Gym Class Heroes and William Beckett of The Academy Is and Brandon Urie and Spencer Smith of Panic! at the Disco as other vampires who are all members of different street gangs. So there's like the Dandies and the Vampires from the Hood. Have you never seen this?
0: I have never seen this video. Uh, I've, I've heard this song. I've never seen the video. It sounds amazing. I'm going to have to watch it's
1: it. It's like, dude, it's so good. So there are there are two people no there are four people in this world who love this music video as much as i do (laughs) and like and we all love it so much that if we are in the same room like it will come up like it will just happen it's like like it's it's so perfectly 2006 (laughs) And, like, I think we all kind of love it because we were all at the, like, in 2006, all writing Vampire AU self-insert fanfiction.
0: As you do. Right?
1: So, if we had that much money, uh, we absolutely would have done so. We absolutely <laughs> would have made this, like, this video. Oh, and then there's, like, there's, like, a voiceover from Patrick Stump that was, like, day six. My treatment is still not working. And it's, like, you know, Sexy Pete Wentz. Peak emo Pete Wentz, you know, with like the super super tight skinny jeans, and like the hoodie and the hair and the guyliner, and he you know, has like fangs. Ah, oh, it's so good.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, somewhere, Megan Nielsen <laughs> just sat up in her chair, going, oh, "Someone's talking about Fallout Boy."
1: Megan Nielsen is one of the people.
0: I <laughs> knew it. Called it. <laughs>
1: it's uh it's megan nielsen kieran chiak at king impulse on twitter chris rowling who is at cm rowling he has a couple of really cool podcasts and aaron hunter who's at peachkin It was like one of the greatest artists
0: I've ever met in my life. Oh, she's actually just designed a tattoo for me. She did. Yeah. And it was really cool. Yeah. did a really fucking fantastic job.
1: (laughs) I just saw Chris and Aaron a few months ago. I'm pretty sure we made Chris Sims watch it. I think we made it. And and then we were like, like, hold on, hold on. Pause this conversation. We're going to watch this first. And then we can all go back to whatever.
0: And did you do the thing where you'd like pause it and you're like, you see, this person just turned up. I'm going to tell you why this person is important. (laughs)
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Hey. Like. Yeah. Like. Oh. Yeah. That's that's Panic of the Disco. Now, Brendan Uri was really like he's really still <laughs> the only member of Panic of the Disco left. Like, there's just like pop punk discourse still happening. I was never into the Academy Is. I'm sure other people were too.
0: It sounds like one of those things like when you suddenly. Like, dude. Speaking of Minneapolis, funnily enough, it's like when you go and look up the lyrics to a Hold Steady song, and you realize the entire thing is just like references mm-hmm. to the Minneapolis like bar scene and stuff. Yep. and it's like it's like there are, there are three levels of references happening here, and this is a reference to an earlier song who referred to this place and blah blah blah. And so it's just like like the, it's like mesh.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Separations on Day is also one of my favorite albums of all time. <laughs> they...
0: It's a real good album. <laughs>
1: And they're really they're very they are the whole city are very Minneapolis rite of passagey. Mm-hmm. Cause I listened to Separation Sunday and Boys and Girls in America so much when I was a when I was a teenager. There's a lot of stuff that they got so caught up in that like teenage emotional angst, mm-hmm. you know. When you feel so much as a teenager and then you don't like you don't know what to do with it and so it just like gets bigger.
0: It starts feeding on itself.
1: Yeah. And then like envelops everyone around you and it's just like, and then, but they're doing the same thing and it's all bad.
0: (laughs) My little hood rat friend has one of my favorite alliteration runs in any song, which is City Center used to be the center of our scene. Now City Center's over Mm -hmm. and no one really goes there. And the idea that the word over breaks the alliteration run with the word over. It's it's like dropping off a clip. It's, it's such a, like, I, I remember like winding it back and listening to it and going, oh, that's clever. That's so good.
1: I used to take the bus past City Center twice a day, and every single time I would sing that to myself. But like it got it got so tied up with this, like, you know, that feeling of like being a teenager and everything you were experiencing is the worst thing that you've ever experienced.
0: Yeah, to quote to quote Megan Nielsen, you were the only person to have ever felt loneliness ever before in the history of the world.
1: Yeah, totally. I couldn't listen to The Hold study. I couldn't listen to Streetlight Manifesto. I couldn't listen to The Decembrists. There was a whole, like, so many bands. I couldn't listen to... There's this radio station in Minneapolis, The Current, which is a really good radio station. It's an NPR. It's all it's all music, all the time, commercial-free, and it's all, you know... It's cool, right? Like, it does, like, it does everything. It literally plays everything. But there was, like... I couldn't even listen to that radio station because the like it would just play all these songs that were super important to me back in the day, and like I just cu- oh, the replacements I couldn't listen to the replacements forever mm-hmm. and and like it just it because it would just like bring me right back there, which is like not awesome.
0: <laughs> no, there, there's there's cert- definitely certain music where it's the equivalent of looking at a picture of yourself of a certain time yeah. and going, oh Christ, what was I thinking?
1: Right? Yeah. It's embarrassing. I once told that to a therapist and they're like, well, everyone thinks that. And I was like, well, that's not helpful.
0: (laughs) Don't minimize my pain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs)
0: I stand by it. The worst thing that anyone can say to you when you admit something bothers you or admit something is a problem for you is to say, well, everyone feels that. Because there's no way to to hear that. I know it's meant to be comforting. I've never heard it as anything, but everybody else is dealing and you're not. And it's just like, oh, it's the worst. Why would you say that?
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Someone once probably a bad therapist was once like, "High school affects everyone," and I was like, "Well, I'm like thinking about high school a lot," and they're like, "Well, everyone thinks about high school a lot," and I was like, "But like, how do people like function?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's also like super lame to admit as an adult that high school still affects you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you don't want to be that person.
1: Yeah. There's nothing more obnoxious than like the person who never left high school
0: yeah
1: and it's like i feel like everyone cool had a really really bad time in high school yeah whatever that means for you whatever that is and i don't think it's i only think it's bad if you're letting it get in the way of your personal growth (laughs) yeah right
0: it's one thing to see it as a, a step on a journey it's another where it's like it's a it's a stone on your back
1: I'm a total obsessor, right? Like I totally, like, like I said, like I couldn't listen to like all of this music until really recently when I like finally was like able to do it. And the way that I figured out how to do it was, I was like, okay, the whole study are too good a band (laughs) to relegate (laughs) to the graveyard of teenage emotion. This is totally going to bring up some stuff because music is really emotional and totally tied to memory. I'm going to, (laughs) every week that I, get something good done whatever that is if it's like if i get some good volunteer shifts in or if i learn something new or whatever if i like every week that i've done something that's good and about like personal growth and about building the life that i want i'm like okay i'm going to listen to one of these albums it's nice <laughs> and i'm going to let myself for an hour or two Totally be sad about these really shitty things that happened to me when I was sixteen. It's really hard to be like a sad loser, burnout kid. And like I said, I'm bipolar, so my bipolarity kind of surfaced at the tail end of my high school years, then into college. That was really difficult, and there was, a, you know, and there was a lot of there was like really bad breakups and really bad friend breakups, you know, all of the things that happen to you when you're in high school. And so I kind of was like, okay. And then I'm going to let myself wallow in all of the sad stuff. And then I'm going to process it. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I'm going to like write it down because that's how I process things. And then I'm going to be able to listen to the whole study again because your little hoodwet friend is a banger.
0: It's a good song.
1: Current me does not deserve what past me has given me. And so I, I am allowed to work through that now.
0: That's really great that make sense yeah it's really great i mean we, we were all broken by the world what broke us and i'll i think i'll wrap it because i'm looking at the time but i had a moment where my friend jen who's a good friend of mine and a very like fiercely intelligent really smart lady and we were like it, like we were meeting up with people for drinks and she's like "Oh, i just need to stop at the the drugstore or the chemist as it's called here to buy something and we popped mm-hmm. in and I, I remember, like I was kind of standing around and listening, and "Vindicated" by Dashboard Confessional came on the the <laughs> PA, and I look over and I realize she's mouthing along to the words, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't, Jen, I don't want to blow up your spot right now, but are you singing along to "Vindicated"? And she's like, Shut up! No, I'm not. I'm like, No, no, no! It's okay. It's okay. This is great. <laughs> So yeah, I think everyone's got a little bit of that in them in a way that is inclusive yeah. and not to minimize anything anyone's feeling
1: This is me giving you permission If you feel like you have some some sad teenage things that are still kind of bothering you This is me giving you permission to this week to sort through them a little bit and think about them No, one ever wants to think about high school and like, you know, because it's like no one wants to ever think that it affects them But it like totally does Like shut up <laughs>
0: It is a thing that happened.
1: It's it's the first quarter to fifth of your life happens before you turn eighteen. Pretending that that did not affect you. That's fake. <laughs> and then you can listen to ska music as an adult once you once you have processed your trauma once you have processed all your sad. And then you can come back to Streetlight Manifesto. <laughs> As we all want to. That's the point of this, right?
0: And I think that's all that you or I or anyone else can ever hope for. All right, Aiden. Well, if people wanted to attempt to embrace the hate and follow you on Twitter, where would they do so?
1: My Twitter is at goodnessAiden, but if you follow me, you have to promise not to be, like, super weird.
0: (laughs) Fair call. And if people wanted to find the, what was it, the Durham, is it Crisis Response Center? I gotta say it right.
1: Durham Crisis Response Center. Durhamcrisis.org. That's D-U-R-H-A-M.org. Or if you want to get involved in domestic violence crisis response in your city, you can literally just Google your city plus domestic violence. That's how I got involved in it here. And it's a really good thing to do if you are, like me, are just totally freaked out by the news right now and like can't go on Twitter very often because it's just... People screaming, finding something that's actually really helpful, and tangible, and some place you can go where there's solidarity is really, really helpful.
0: I completely agree, and I know there are a few around Sydney. Like there's Lifeline and Beyond Blue, and a few and the other places. I'll put some links in the show notes to some local places that people can volunteer if they want to. Well, thanks so much, Aiden. This has been fantastic. We've really been on a journey, I think. <laughs> And this has been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love, like, I never get to talk about my love of pop punk because I hang out with a bunch of olds who love comics instead of music. So, thank Mm -hmm. you for letting me talk at you.
0: much to Aiden Sullivan for her time. Aiden gave me a whole bunch of things I could try for her signature cocktail, including some of her shrubs, which are fruit syrup and vinegar sort of drinks, more on them later, or a gin smash, or or an old-fashioned or a funky beer, or really anything that isn't a Long Island iced tea. Long Island iced teas suck. There it is, shots fired. Sorry everyone. But the one suggestion of Aiden's that really got my attention is that she said there was a local bar that made a spicy margarita that really got her attention. This got my attention too because I've had a lot of, dare I say, terrible spicy margaritas. The problem that a lot of places have is they will put actual chili flakes on the rim of the glass instead of salt. This is a dumb idea. Chili reacts badly when it comes in contact with skin as anyone who's ever cut chilies and then accidentally touched their face will tell you. A chili flake rimmed margarita is a recipe for puffy lips and a bad time. Lucky for you, I've workshopped a solution. In a little mixing bowl, get four tablespoons of sea salt. Add in one teaspoon of sriracha. Mix it all around until everything turns kind of a pinky orange and there are no gloves of sriracha left over. Spread it out on a baking tray and bake it at 200 degrees Celsius or 400 Fahrenheit. After about an hour, take it out of the oven and beat it up in a mortar and pestle, and there you go. You've got sriracha salt, and that's going to keep in your cupboard for like a month. Anyway, on to the drink. In a shaker full of ice, combine two ounces of tequila, half an ounce of quintro, three quarters of an ounce of lime juice, and half an ounce of simple syrup. And if you really want to kick up the spicy, use a quarter of a teaspoon of red pepper flakes and a pinch of chipotle chili powder. Run a lime wedge along the edge of your glass and dunk it in your sriracha salt. Strain into your prepared glass and garnish with a jalapeno slice. While it may not part the Red Sea, it will bring back memories of being dusted in the dark down in Penetration Park and getting plastered. It hurts, but it's worth it. Enjoy.
1: Your little hood rat friend makes me sick But after I get sick I just get sad
0: Cause it burns being broke Hearts to be heartbroken And always being both must be a drag She's been calling me The Math of You is recorded in Leichhardt, New South Wales, Australia, and is written, hosted, and edited by yours truly, Lucas Brown. New episodes are released every Wednesday evening, and if you'd like to be a guest on the show, simply send an email to themathofyou at gmail.com and tell us what you'd like to talk about. You can follow the show on Twitter, at themathofyou, and you can follow my Wacky Adventures at LokiFied, L-O-K-I-F-I-E-D, on Twitter and Instagram, or LokiFied82 on Snapchat. While my Snapchat is mostly pictures of my dog and things I'm about to eat and my cats, I also occasionally go wandering through the toy aisle and take pictures of things like Captain Kirk's van. Yeah, he has a van. I don't, I don't know why. If you'd like to directly support the show, go to patreon.com slash For as little as a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes, physical mail, all kinds of rewards, and I would really, really appreciate it. If you'd like to support non-monetarily, head on over to iTunes in the country of your choice and leave a five-star rating. You can also leave a review, and I'll read it out on the show. If you like the music I play on the show, head on over to bit.ly slash you with capitals at the beginning of each word, and check out our Spotify playlist. I update it every single week with all the music I use on the show, including this song. It's your Little Hood Rat Friend. I asked Aiden if it was okay if I could put it in, despite its previous associations. And to quote her, your little hood rat friend is a banger. Go for it. By the way, I normally include a few snippets of the early conversation at the end of the episode just as a bit of a fun stinger. However, I had 25 minutes of great conversation with Aiden, so I'm going to make a little bonus episode. You'll see it in the feed in a couple of days. Next week, I'll be talking to Luke Hare, co-host of the Exiled podcast and Multiversal Q, about third party superhero media aka how to get into comics when you can't get into comics join me won't you
1: if you follow me on twitter which you probably don't i'm a i'm a hater i'm going through a quarter life crisis i Fake a lot. I want to know more about that dog. Yes, uh, Junior.
0: I don't know why he started barking.
1: I don't know, but I'm psyched about it. Hey, wait, what kind that's of, that's of dog do you have?
0: Uh, he's a half and half Jack Russell.
1: Oh, I bet that's cute. He,
0: he is pretty cute. He, he's like rough coated, and he got the best of both sides. Here, I'll. Check. <sighs> that's okay. Oh, so I will check a picture <laughs> into the chat. See, this is my view at the moment. It's basically that, like, he's been fed. But now, like, the cats are in the the back room, and he thinks they might come for his food. Which, really, come on, June, they come for your food every time you let Olin eat your food. (laughs) He's like, no, I have to be the boss.
1: Aw, baby. That's so cute.
0: This was one from, I was watching some wrestling on my laptop to prepare for another podcast, and I just felt something kicking me in the back, and I look around, (laughs) and this is what I saw.
1: Aw. You have really nice hardwood floors in your apartment. Oh, thank you.